As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everyone, this is Andrew Schlecht. And I am Alex Spears. And you can join us every Saturday on the Athletic NBA show for the Saturday Slam and Jam. We will bring you the most interesting plots and storylines from the playoffs, fun guests, and a weekly trivia show where I attempt to completely embarrass my co-host, Andrew. <laughs> so grab your coffee, do your chores, and turn up the Saturday Slam and Jam right here on the Athletic NBA show. Hey guys, it's Dave DeFore. Join me and my buddies Seth Partnow and Mo DeKeel every Friday right here on the Athletic NBA Show for Nerdishy Road, a podcast that attempts to look at the cutting edge of the NBA and the sport of basketball. Whether it's sports science, a deep dive on X's and O's, tales from the video room, or the next big thing in analytics, you can find it all every single Friday on Nerdishy Road right here on the Athletic NBA Show. Every Thursday morning, after a long night of Wednesday playoff action, just waiting for you in your podcast feeds as you wake up, it's Point, Point of, of contention. contention. On the Athletic NBA Show as a part of the Athletic Podcast Network, it's myself, Zach Harper, teeing up the toughest topics and questions to Marcus Thompson and Ethan Sherwood-Strauss with Jade Hoy producing every Thursday. Subscribe to the Athletic NBA Show. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to give you some of the craziest and most hard-hitting theories and takes of playoff action possible. And you'll get point of contention right in your eardrums. In fact, if you don't like it, we'll have a point of contention for you right here on The Athletic. Want an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news and trends in the NBA? Listen to the NBA Daily Ding podcast Monday through Friday. Wake up and turn up the NBA Daily Ding to stay informed on all things NBA here at The Athletic and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Athletic NBA Show Monday through Friday on The Athletic Podcast Network. I do have a take. Point of contention. Uh, what are y'all talking about? Y'all hate me. Stop hating. Everybody hate me.
Welcome to the point of contention. Five subjects, five minutes, five points of contentions. I'm the substitute host today, Anthony Slater, not Zach Harper. Jade Hoy is producing and coming up on the show. Kevin Durant, old friend Kevin Durant to uh, to all of us, uh, goes ballistic in Brooklyn. <clears throat> Coach Bud and Giannis are out to lunch. Is Kawhi Leonard done? The Chris Paul curse strikes again. There's a shakeup in Dallas and a coaching carousel all across the league. <clears throat> in this corner, we have Bay Area legend, new homeowner, and author of two books about the Warriors dynasty, the one and only Marcus Thompson. Marcus, was the Jake Paul Floyd Mayweather fight rigged, or was it fake from the beginning? I'm liking the vibes. Uh, I, I, I did not watch the fight. Uh, I will not watch... The fight, those fights. Uh, I have a better question because that was written by Jade. I would have asked about the Lamar Odom, uh, Aaron Carter fight. Did you see that one? All I saw was Lamar Odom sagging, and I was proud. I was like, he took the hood to the boxing ring. Let's go! Like I, I didn't. I, I'm not really a fan of the exhibition fights. I'd much rather watch UFC. Well, it just shows that we've got a void in the culture that is being filled by this. Uh, in addition to the Suns and Four guy, we want more fights. We don't get enough violence. Clearly, we want it. We need it. So you know, what are we gonna do? All right, Jade. I'm gonna introduce in the other corner. You've heard him already. <laughs> the Bay Area suburban legend, author of the book The Victory Machine, Ethan Sherwood Stroud. Ethan. Please rank the Soprano seasons from worst to first. Oh, my God. Well, the worst is the sixth season. I can't go through the whole rankings, but I would say that I love fifth best and second is first. So the way the fifth season ends, that's just magnificent. People who watched it know what I'm talking about. Beautiful, beautiful outro there. And uh, what was yeah, that? man. What was the outro from season five? I don't remember the numbers. It's t- What happened to them? It's, uh, it's Tony crawling back into his house the bear is returned in the ah, snow yeah, he's had yeah, to walk yeah. a bunch right. his guy has gotten uh his guy's gotten knocked and he's getting thrown in jail off yeah. he, he's gotten thrown in jail with the feds and he survived and they're playing that good tidings song as he creeps back into the house and Carmela lets him in you heard anything i had gendler on my cell phone all the way over here jimmy Petrill was a cooperator Brooklyn AUSA took down the whole Patrill crew, plus Johnny. Would have reached all the way to Carmine Sr. if he hadn't died. Give me Patrill. And also, I mean, they made a big decision on a certain character to off. And what was the most disturbing scene, I think, in the entire show? Uh, probably in the episode before that one. So they made some tough calls. I think they wanted to end it there. I think they only did season six for the money. Guys, did the NBA only do this season for the money? That's what the money is for. The NBA does every season for the money. <laughs> Every season for the money. Literally. Day. Literally. All right. Jade, start the clock. What kind of bud is Mike Budenholzer smoking? Uh, just when you thought the Nets were in trouble, Kevin Durant put James Harden's bum hamstring, Kyrie's sprained ankle, and the rest of the franchise on his shoulders to power the Nets to a 3-2 series lead on Tuesday night. Durant had possibly the best performance of his career, although I might debate that. Finishing with, Ooh. I, yeah, I would too. Maybe we can Hipster. get right to that. But Hipster takes. He, he finished with 49 points on 16 and 23 shooting to go along with 17 rebounds, 10 assists in 48 minutes in a regulation game. Every single second of Brooklyn's 114-108 victory over the clueless Bucks. Man. Meanwhile, in the Confederacy of Dunces, wow, I'm just killing the Bucks. Uh, <laughs> 
today. Mike Budenholzer. The Confederacy. Wow. Uh, Mike Budenholzer inexplicably didn't have Giannis Antetokounmpo, allegedly one of the best defenders in the world, guarding KD in crunch time. Instead, he was on Joe Harris as Durant went to work on Chris Middleton and P.J. Tucker. But it gets even better. Coach Bud wasn't even doubling KD. Marcus, was the game five more about the greatness of KD or the incompetence of Giannis and Coach Bud? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm I'm going to look, we've been through enough already. I'm focusing on the positive. I'm not gonna be concerned with Giannis not taking the assignment. I'm not even gonna focus on the fact that there were stretches when KD was hot. They ain't even touch him. They didn't even get a hand on him. He he got the ball and he brought it up so easily and he walked into his, his threes like it was a walk in the park. I'm not gonna focus on the fact that Bud didn't know what he was doing. I'm going to instead focus on what I wrote about, which is it was amazing to see Kevin Durant back. It was amazing to see that. that There are a few players who can shut down the entire basketball world and make you watch them. And he's one of them. And we all know we were there, especially all three of us. We were there when he got hurt, when he tore his Achilles. We were sneaking, watching him warm up, wondering if he would play together, right? Like, so we know, we didn't know this was going to happen. Like, we didn't think we would ever see this guy again. There was a time where we were like, hey, he might never come back the same. So to see him do that and look like that, I felt very appreciative to that, that that Kevin Durant was still around, that he's still that good, and he can still like captivate us like that. To me, that's what I'm going to focus on. Not the fact that they had Pat Connaughton switching onto Kevin Durant, which is unacceptable, or that Giannis, Mr. 6'11", super freak athlete, didn't even try. I'm not going to focus on that. It's all about the greatness of KD. Ethan, is the statute of limitations out on that? Can we talk about how we snuck... We maybe, allegedly, possibly, not totally cop and do it, snuck into the rafters of Scotiabank Arena. Man, it was in Canada. They can't even prosecute oh, us. Oh, no. Like, yeah. We're good. That's international waters, practically. But we snuck into Scotiabank Arena to see a secret workout with KD to assess and see if he would return to that game. That's memories, guys. I miss those days. That was a lot of fun right there. And you know what? I think we should brag about it. That's a commitment to the craft. that we would break rules and regulations. Uh, to what Marcus is saying, I think it is more about KD's brilliance than it is about what the Bucks could have done. I don't think it's as simple as throwing Giannis at KD. Giannis hasn't done a good job in these uh, in this series guarding KD. I used to think he did a pretty good job, but I can't tell you that he does a better job than Middleton. I can't tell you that he does a better job than P.J. Tucker. And yeah, you don't want Connington switching on uh, to... A, KD, I get that. There are things they could have done. Maybe they should have put two on the ball in certain scenarios. I kind of like the idea of Giannis guarding KD if Brooke Lopez is in because they're going to have that screen with Lopez and then you've got two seven-footers doing two on the balls. Trapping so, him, towering so him. Yep, that's one instance where I could see it. But I think it's just more about Kevin Durant in this instance. And it's more about Giannis. I, I, I think that there's a little bit too much criticism flowing in the Budenholzer direction and maybe yeah well they're both getting ripped but it does seem like we've come to a weird point with Giannis where he is two-time MVP incredible superstar massive impact and yet a he has these limitations in his game these holes that seem to get exposed in the postseason and b he makes very curious decisions 
that are related to some of those holes. I'm thinking about how he does that 20-foot fadeaway when he has Harden on him, and I would have to assume that's because he doesn't want to get fouled and go to the line. Maybe that's unfair, but that was my assumption right there. So I think the Bucks can go as high as where Giannis will take him. It seems like this needs to be an offseason where he improves the skill set and that if you replace the coach, maybe they'll make a better decision or two here or there. But in yes, unless Giannis improves, it's just hard to see them really breaking out of this and, and getting to a finals. My favorite Kevin Durant game, a little biased here, but I might go with the Mr. Unreliable one in Memphis. Hey, after let's go. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's go. My Hipster. paper at the time planted that headline on it, put a lot of pressure on him. And uh, that was a tough Grizzlies defense. Now, and people will look at the numbers later and be like, hey, it wasn't 49. But the moment, uh, you know, that that team, yeah, I remember the, that. Not only big. the moment, but, you know, honestly, that's a tougher defense he was going against in a non-spaced oh. era. I mean, we're talking about, no like, question. you know, physical uh, bigs and obviously Tony Allen kind of at the point of attack. But uh, we should move on because I believe, that, I believe that's five minutes. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Take two. Now i got to actually get to the script. Take two. Is Chris Paul cursed? Phoenix Suns point guard Chris Paul has entered the NBA's health and safety protocols and is out indefinitely, jeopardizing the star's availability for the Western Conference Finals, or at least the start of it, according to our Sham Sharanya. The Suns will next update Paul's status on Saturday. Paul was dominant in the Suns' sweep of the Nuggets, recording a season-high 37 points in Sunday's series-clinching 125-118 win. He finished the series with 41 assists and only 5 turnovers, and averaged 25.5 points, 10.3 assists, and shot 62.9% from the field. He hit 7 more mid-range jumpers than Denver's entire team over the series. But the Suns will face either the Jazz or Clippers, who might not have Kawhi Leonard, by the way, in the West Finals, starting either Sunday or Tuesday. Ethan, how do you think Chris Paul's potential absence to start the series affects the Suns' chances? I mean, obviously it means they could drop a game. He is essential to them. I think we've seen a little bit from campaign in this postseason, though, that he can take over for a spell. He can be aggressive. He can compensate. But if Chris Paul was out for the series, they'd be cooked, even if I don't even know what they're going to be up against because there are so many damn injuries. It's insane right now. Um, at least in the case of Paul, this is a process. There will be a start. There will be a finish. And his body, I don't think, I'd have to assume, will not be compromised. So it's it seems like more of a short-term concern. But the crazy thing is just looking at what are the Suns going to be up against? You know, What kind of state is the team that they're going to play? I would have to guess it's the Jazz, even if they still don't have Conley at this juncture. 
um, just based on the news we're hearing out of the Clippers where their best player has an ACL issue, I guess we'll put it vaguely. So uh, it is so hard to keep track of whatever the hell is going on because it seems like we're at a, we're at the end of the movie and all the characters are dying. It's one of those montages at the end of The Godfather where everybody's getting off. That's what it feels like right now in the NBA. You know, you mentioned the Mike Conley who just uh, said he had a setback uh, earlier with his hamstring injury. Donovan Mitchell, while playing well, is grabbing at his ankle like almost every time he's landing at this point. You mentioned the Kawhi Leonard situation. The, the, the thing with Paul is if he's symptom-free, whenever he exits quarantine, he's not like trying to return from an injury. You know, he should be kind of full go if this is a short stay yeah uh, and and phoenix if paul is there is the healthiest of the teams remaining in the west switching it over marcus um maybe you could contextualize this point in chris paul's career this seems like the path is opening for him but just as it's opening he's entering quarantine um presuming he is like healthy and and he's fine right like like he he's not at risk for like hospitalization or some of the long-term effects we've seen presuming that's not the case i actually think this might be good this might be good for him uh rest yeah he, he gets to rest i mean does it campaign has been playing well and maybe they don't win game one but maybe they could right depending on who they're playing like they, they could they could dust off javon carter my guy or you know uh etuan moore one of those guys and give him some minutes but is it the worst thing in the world for them to be down in a series and Chris Paul comes back and now he doesn't have to play seven games, but maybe he only has to play four or five? Uh, I think that's good for him to not have to gruel through a seven-game series. Uh, if, if you know he's coming back and you know he's fine, it's not the worst thing in the world. Phoenix has been they, – they've been – kind of ready for this they've got the role players they, they they're kind of they're kind of okay to lose chris paul for a game this is the start of it this is how it starts this is how it begins i remember back in the day we said wow the spurs are really weird with this load management they're a very strange team the way they go about it but it's just the spurs next thing you know everybody's load managing this is how it starts we're going to see load management postseason edition. Hey, Ethan, it did not start on this podcast. It started last night when, did you see Reggie Miller's tweet about what do you, should Steve Nash just should keep you, yeah, uh, yeah. Kevin Durant and James, James Harden in Brooklyn James, and, you know, push all his chips into game seven? Game six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> should they, I mean, I can't do a Reggie Miller. Uh, yeah, go Reggie tank Miller. a game six in a, in a high I mean, intensity hey, playoff. Hey, man, Reggie Miller knows a thing or two about winning time. Because game sevens at home are such a guarantee, right? Yeah, yeah. This might <laughs> be the new this might be the new uh the new trend this is the galaxy brain take and jay just because it's a playoff game doesn't mean you need to win i mean you're the one who wrote about chris paul not being able to finish series and the kind of remember Mm -hmm. like hey how towards six seven is you know the wear and tear builds up you know the way to avoid that Missed the first game, eh, but he's coming. He's going to be coming off like eight days of rest. They just swept Denver so easily, so it's not like he's just like dragging into that series. That's I just don't think he'd be. I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world. Campaign starts game one. If they lose, Chris Paul comes back oh. and saves them. If you beat him without Chris Paul, if you beat him without Chris Paul, you've taken their heart too. And that's that's just then they're just done. I mean that's that's one of those humiliating. Greg Popovich didn't play any of the Spurs and you get beat losses. So, hey, I, I just I, I think it could be good. Uh, it's better to have Chris Paul than not to have Chris Paul. I just wonder if at some point with this rest revolution, 
teams start taking the Reggie Miller, and that starts becoming a real thing. I've crazier things have happened. Take three. Switching from one curse to another, the Clippers curse strikes again. As mentioned, Kawhi Leonard is out indefinitely after suffering a right knee injury that uh, Arsham Sharani, as of the point of us talking, uh, has categorized as as the Clippers fearing it's an ACL injury. Leonard sat out the final four minutes, 35 seconds of the Clippers game four win after Jazz wing Joe Ingles fouled Leonard, who appeared to tweak his right knee while driving to the basket. Leonard walked off the court, clutching his knee, missed both free throws, and then sat the rest of the game after the game he said he would be good but he's already been ruled out uh, of game five and it sounds like it could be something a lot more significant Marcus how do the Clippers adapt without Kawhi now and potentially beyond oh we know how baby playoff P this is the Paul George moment we've been waiting for. Here we go. First off, I knew something was up when after in his post-game interview, Kawhi was like, oh, no, I'll be fine. I'm like, yeah. oh, you out here calling shots now? Hold on, bro. Mm-hmm. So I think this is time for uh, Paul George. I-, I think it's time for Paul George to make everybody who hated on him eat it because he's about to ball out. Uh, and Reggie Jackson is with him. It's it's time for playoff P. I'm with you, Paul George. I believe in you. Let's go. I believe uh, this podcast is going to post after Game Five. So if if Paul George has a real playoff P bad. moment tonight, I just love when Marcus. Marcus. If he's pandemic P, cut it, Jay. <laughs> I, I love I love when Marcus is really selling a take, and the energy is there, but the heart isn't totally into it. That's the exact moment you could hear it. With the Reggie Jackson's with him. <laughs> Just Reggie Jackson's with him. I, mean, I was about to call him Reggie Miller. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Reggie we, Jackson we had a Reggie, Reggie Miller, Miller moment in one of those Grizzlies series, if I recall. Uh, in the uh, in the unreliable series. Uh, yeah. He actually did. But that, that is an entire podcast in itself. But go ahead, Ethan. Oh, we Ethan. Should do, we should do like a look back at that series. That was an incredible series right there. Reggie Jackson saved the day. Um, Narrative-wise, it is setting up for Playoff P to come through and silence all the haters and doubters. But Kawhi Leonard's too good, man. He's too important. I just like the Jazz as a complete team, even with Conley. I, I, I just, I, I'm going to have to go with the Jazz on this one, unless you tell me that there's another twist of the ankle for Donovan Mitchell, and then who the hell knows? The drop in bodies at this point. A crazy scenario, a crazy situation. I don't think there should be an asterisk, or have you pronounce it, but there maybe should be an understanding that this was an especially crazy say, or how you pronounce it after pronouncing it perfectly. Well, I didn't know I was going to stick the landing. Cow, cow education. I didn't know I was going to stick the landing on that one. There are a lot I, of words I wanna, that... I want to I want to have maybe a more morbid conversation, though, because, you know, we're talking about, like, can they, you know, somehow win two out of three against Utah? Sure, they maybe they could win two out of three against Utah. If Kawhi Leonard's out for the playoffs, they're not oh, going to win the title. They're cooked. If Kawhi Leonard tore his ACL, and we do not know that right now, but the way it is being presented is there's clearly fear that it's a significant significant ACL injury you know it is currently June 16th which means a year from now the finals are basically going to be wrapping up Kawhi Leonard if he if he did towards ACL that's basically two playoffs in two seasons without Kawhi Leonard and this were the se- these are the seasons that the Clippers traded everything for and I mean we like this is just a, a bomb on the Clippers organization if, if that's the case regardless of if they escape this series or not all right what what day what day you said it was June one six seven one, the day. Mama pushed me out her womb. 
So, Ethan, come on, Ethan, you don't know Pac? Ah, today's Pac's birthday. Come on, get it together, you guys. This is the... I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I mean, you think Harper would have known? Do you think if we had Harper on, he would have he would have followed you on that one? Oh, no, Slater's with it. Don't, don't be trying to play Slater's, Mr. You know, come on, Slater's with it. <laughs> I, I could have told you that that, uh, that lyric, but I had heard that today was Tupac's birthday. June 1671, the day Papa pushed me out of the womb, told me to get paid. Keep going. Keep going. No, you're killing Jade's loving this. No one can understand me. The black sheep outcast from my family. I'm out the window of my drop top, making my block hot. Busting that suckers when will it stop? Now tell me, are you scared of the dark? Can't close my eyes. Okay, let me segue. Let me wrap it back. Is this the death of these Clippers era? Yeah, I'd say so. Probably. Uh, I don't. It never. Hold on, hold on. Like, what do you mean by death? You mean. Bomber sells the farm. Like I mean, goes. I mean, they trade they traded leaves. everything for Kawhi and Paul George. And if you're telling me Kawhi is not, I mean, like if it's a torn ACL, you could basically rule him out of next season. Yeah, what if that's that what do? happens, it's done. And it seems like it's. But he doesn't opt out, though, right? That means he stays. Uh, and then is a free agent <laughs> after I, yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah, and then yeah. you know he's coming back from a. <laughs> I it, don't know. It seems I'm just like saying. The, like, well, it's like it seems like the whole thing is held together by stick and bubblegum anyway. It doesn't seem like they've got a lot of Ubuntu, as Doc Rivers used to say about those Celtics. It just seems like a bunch of guys who happen to be there. Um, it, it doesn't seem. It just doesn't seem like it's ever really coalesced. The hole's never been greater than the sum of its parts. It's been an excellent amassing of talent. I think before this Kawhi Leonard news, they were a pretty good outside play, outside bet to win the championship. But yeah, if you uh, fast forward another season and Kawhi Leonard is out, which is not a great thing to contemplate in general, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's probably it. And man, does it go quick in the NBA. Uh, we know it all too well. You know, we we attend that game that night, uh, game six of the 2019 finals and the Warriors are one thing. And 48 minutes later, the Warriors are a whole other kind of thing. It's just it's amazing. It goes little by little then all at once. And suddenly teams shift radically. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Take four. I'm the captain now. Look at me, sure. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. Ten days after the Mavericks' first round playoff loss to the Clippers, longtime Mavs president and GM Donnie Nelson and the franchise mutually agreed to part ways, the team announced. 
This just days after an athletic expose on a front office power struggle. According to the athletics, Tim Cato and Sam Amick, Donchitz didn't get along with one Bob Vulgaris, who was hired by the team in 2018. There was a reported incident during a game in February when Donchitz snapped at Vulgaris saying, don't fucking tell me to calm down. After Luca thought the former sports gambler was telling him to calm down following a Donchitz turnover. Mavericks owner Mark Cuban tweeted the story calling it, quote, total bullshit. Uh, Ethan, what do you make of this entire situation? It's the great irony of Mark Cuban that one guy could be Mr. Hands-On in front of the camera, ownership, look at me, look at me. But then the organization has all the characteristics of an absentee owner where massive bad things have happened in the past that he said I had no idea about. Um, and then I wonder if it's Cohan running the Warriors because there's this question of who's really in control. So we're going to focus on, uh, in this instance, her all about Vulgaris. Uh, obvious, I mean, I've got a rapport with him. I don't know. You can read that of whatever you will. I can't claim to know what's going on or if Luca does. Grill him do- on this, Marcus. Grill him on this. <laughs> Luca does or, or doesn't like the man. But here's what I'll say about it. I don't hear a lot about players having a personal beef with the GM. Um, And I think you might be hearing about it in this case because Mark Cuban hasn't done a good enough job making it clear where the power lies. Generally, when that happens and you say, this guy's in charge, then everybody falls in line and says, okay, well, I guess this guy's in charge. But if it's up in the air and it's a situation where for a season, it's kind of Bob and it's kind of Donnie Nelson, but Donnie Nelson is maybe getting forced out. That sort of vacuum, that's when you see the infighting, that's when you see the leaking, that's when the knives come out. So in a weird way, despite the projection of power that Mark Cuban does, it is evidence of a power vacuum that it existed to me. I didn't know Donnie Nelson was still there. It's been a while. <laughs> like, you know, well, that's, again, characteristic. I mean, do you ever hear him? Char- yeah, do you ever hear about a him? Characteristic I, mean, of I knew absent- he was there, but still. Isn't that characteristic of weirdly absentee ownership that dudes are just there for over a decade? It's very strange out there now. 20-something years, right? I remember he was, back in the day, he was the guy. He was like, I remember that. Like, there we believe is like, you got to, you know, talk to Donnie Nelson. But uh, I like that Luca already has his superstar, like, hat on. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's pretty young to be flexing on the owner's guy, right? Like, that's the part where it's like, yo, Luca is low-key a savage. And maybe this is because he's been playing pro ball since he was, like, in freshman year in high school or whatever. But the fact that he already feels comfortable to be like, yo, I know that's your guy, but I don't like him. (laughs) I think it's pretty – I kind of like it. It's the same kind of swag that makes him who he is. But, you know, I think it's something you got to watch, too, because – you know, like he's a superstar. Like that's very clear. Luca is a superstar to the point where he knows his voice matters in the franchise. Uh, I think that's pretty interesting. Other than that, I mean, those, those are those are Ethan's people. I don't I don't know these. I don't know who these people are. Uh, my people. Who I don't know my... nothing about. I don't know nothing about gambling or analytics or tech. I don't know any of this stuff. Slater. I don't know. Are you going to oh, grill him on it? Are you going to try to get some inside info out of him? Out of Ethan. Um, Nah, I'm going to let Ethan save that for the bars. You going to write about it, Ethan? <laughs> Maybe. It's possible. We'll see. Ethan knew about this stuff all, the whole time, and he didn't write about it probably. I, we might have been talking about it a little bit behind the scenes. That might have that might have happened. But Here's all I know. Here's all I know. So mandatory, my elevation, my articles orientation. 
so you could be more familiar with this rider you're facing. You must be facing up to better than communication, known to damage and highly flammable with like gas stations. Come on, y'all. Y'all better get with this pot, man. Y'all ain't on this pot. I was just today. letting you go. I was just letting you go. I mean, you're supposed to chime in, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to get... I, you're supposed to hop in. I'm going to get us all out of this one. Take five. <laughs> Oh, the times they are changing. The New Orleans Pelicans have parted ways with Stan Van Gundy and the Washington Wizards have done the same with Scott Brooks. Those teams join the Celtics, Blazers, Magic, and Pacers as teams still with a head coaching vacancy. And many of the candidates for these vacancies are women. Pelicans assistant coach Teresa Weatherspoon is considered a serious candidate for the job in New Orleans. Spurs assistant Becky Hammond, who this season became the first woman to serve as a head coach in an NBA game, will soon interview for the Blazers and Magic jobs. Also among the Blazers' top head coaching candidates is South Carolina and USA women's coach Don Staley. Marcus, first off, did Stan Van Gundy deserve to be fired? I have no idea, but I know... Uh, uh... Zion Williamson deserved three head coaches in three years. I know that much. Zion might have won a number. Zion might have been okay getting a third. That doesn't happen. He might he might have wanted it, but that doesn't happen without Zion firing. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good for his development. It's not good for his growth. And all it means is whoever they get now, he's got to be able to ride it out, or she's got to be able to to be there for a while. You can't you you can't get four. He's going to end up. Uh, Alex Smith, right? <laughs> like first six years with six offensive coordinators. They gotta, you can't build a star without the stability. He's gotta get it. And and the thing that you know makes you okay with it a bit is like you know stars have gone through this before, where it takes a few years. You know Steph Curry's one of them, where it's like okay, he's got all these coaches, but then you got to get that one and you got to get them right, and you, and you got to know who it is. And do do you trust the people who pick Stan Van Gundy to pick the right one? I don't know. That's Ethan's guy. Ethan trusts Griff. Can Griff pick the right one this time? I I don't know. If Zion didn't like the last one, Ethan's guys are just having a week. Yeah, man. I don't know why these guys are my guys though. I I, I don't know. I mean, obviously. Oh, you love Griff, don't you? Love Griff? I thought it's, you always, I thought you it's, love Griff on TV. I thought it's mandatory in media to have some sort of rapport with one uh, with one David Griffin. Um, I agree with everything that Marcus is saying, except for the stuff he's saying about me. Uh, and I think just on top of things, it is a tricky situation out there. It's been a tricky situation, but the sharks are circling, man. The sharks are circling. It's not hard to see the connection. Is is the shark orange and blue? Yes. Uh, or whatever <laughs> color you want to dress up CAA in. If CAA has a uniform and they should... CAA should get a uniform because we've got a CAA player. We've got the CAA New York Knicks. And yes, this is, I think, a very tricky situation, especially because you already have the, what do we call it, prologue of Anthony Davis getting out of there. And yeah, some people criticized him. And yeah, some people ripped him. But what did he do? He went to the Lakers. He won a championship. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what he did to them. So you got to wonder. I mean... It's an unhealthy situation almost because Zion is so young at this point. He had a great season, very under the radar last season, but he's so young and already he has so much power and so many potential decisions to make. And it just seems like unless you get somebody who is the perfect fit, the perfect coach in that situation, it's going to blow up. I just hope they're not using these women names to to purport themselves to be 
woke in a way. Like, actually, I hope it's real because, you know, Dawn Staley is legit. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there. if you're going to do it, do it. Stop pump faking. Don't be a uh, Rooney ruling women <laughs> trying to, you know, giving them interviews so you can look cool to the press and then go ahead and pick somebody else. Like, I, I hope that's not – I hope I hope we don't have to go through that phase before somebody gets hired. I can't say whether or not they're doing it, but I can almost guarantee that somebody's going to do it in that way. Just Somebody's going to Just do knowing it. the NBA and how fake it tends to be. <laughs> Slater, you're muted. Spaces uh, today that we did with all this crazy news. Um, does New Orleans hop to the top of the most coveted list of vacancies? That Boston probably uh, you'd say is number one, but with Zion sitting there, what Marcus is saying is correct. And Ethan, you're talking about you know that Knicks shark circling. But if you get in there and you do a good job, you have Zion in a potential core to move forward with and win with. I just, it wouldn't be my my top spot. Nah, coach. I'm going with Portland. Yeah, Portland's oh, really? pretty good. Portland, Portland's dangerous to me. Portland could be one you don't succeed there and succeed. They think they can win a title, and you might be out because because yeah. Lillard might be out. Yeah, but you got you got ownership like hungry and ready. You know, you should be able to walk in there and be like, "Yo, give me what I need." Yeah, and especially if you're willing to make the hard decisions. I just don't pressure Neil. I just kinda, don't. It sort of matters what situation you're in. You know, if you're, let's say Jason Kidd takes that job. Well, he's got Lillard's backing and that makes Portland ideal for him. So in a way, it's it's very particular to whatever the situation is. You know, if if you know Zion loves you and says, hey, you're my guy, I'm re-signing, I'm staying in, as Slater calls it, New Orleans, then that makes that more palatable but if he's out yeah <laughs> but if he's, he's out it's like one so of the worst more team control there's so much more team control of him that like Lillard to me like Portland just has next season and you talk about oh, you go in and you know they'll do everything they can to me they don't have a path to win and, and I'm when I'm talking win I'm talking win big and yeah. it just seems like they have these false expectations that change the coach come in you know they're going to be in the west finals NBA finals next season I don't see that so I think you're walking in to a one-year disappointment and maybe out the door now I'm thinking, could could they get crazy? Could they get crazy out there in in New Orleans? Could they just say, let's just get out ahead of this and trade this burgeoning young superstar and see what we can get for for this guy? I mean, that, that might be too nuts. That might be too insane. That might be crazier than playoff load management. Crazy, sir. Too crazy. It went too nuts. I don't think it's the top spot. I think Boston. Boston is probably where it's at as far as uh, a talent coming into its own about to compete for a title. Uh, I think we can say that about that situation. We can't necessarily say it for the others. Hey, hey, uh, let these words be the last to my unborn seed. Hope to raise my young nation in this world of greed.
see means nothing if you still ain't free. Money bleeds jealousy. Take the game from me. I hope for better days. Trouble comes naturally. Learning from authority till they capture me. Y'all ain't gonna jump in at all, huh? No, I think no. you're doing well. I don't think yeah, I'm pain is the spread most fouls and tears. Utilize lessons learned through my childhood years. You're kind of like hey, a future, like, seven and like, you know, you're getting better as the podcast.